This is Cheap Scares, the horror movie podcast that can't stand being around your son. I'm David Schneider. <laughs> I'm Sybil Arnett, and I also cannot stand the Babadook's son. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, in the end, it's it's more like like the Babadook's brother. I don't know. Yeah, this week, uh. We are here to talk about The Babadook, which is a delightful little puzzle game where uh, you uh, basically push words around to make short phrases, which sort of uh, rewrite the rules of what you're doing. Um, I was going to go for a very similar joke, but it was The Baraduk, and then I was going to realize that this was not Mr. Driller's mother. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. you, you, you missed The Definitely a punchline that I definitely thought through, which involves that the sentence is Baba is duck and that something must be duck. But it's probably best this way. <laughs> I don't know why the phrase Baba is duck killed me, but it did. <laughs> I, it, I guarantee somebody's done an image edit of that. Oh, I'm not looking it up. It won't be nearly as funny as it is in my head. <laughs> yeah uh this is so this is uh no this is not baba is you which by the way fantastic puzzle game you should check that out highly recommend this is the babadook it's an independent australian film uh released in 2014 uh there was a kickstarter in 2012 which is kind of weird uh, it's for $30,000, which is not the budget of the movie. They, it, it seems like they already filmed all or most of the movie at that point. And the $30,000 was for an unspecified uh, extra little bit to make sure we take the film to a place where it can compete on a world stage with all those amazing films we reference. Hmm. It's not... Not really too clear, but it looks like all of the uh, all of these shots were scenes involving the small child, which I I would assume they would have to have shot in a fairly short span of time, on account of children tend to get large quite quickly, like Babadooks. Yes, yes. You can't say Babadooks because it's it's Babadook. There's there's a poem. I'm not it's Australian. Important. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't you also don't pronounce it book. It's also true, but I could. You could, but you won't. <laughs> we'll find out. Right, so yeah, since the last thing that you heard, uh Sybil has been fired and uh we've replaced her with uh Mr. Babadook. You're just going to keep this up just to hurt me, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Baba Duke. There, All I right. duked. Happy? K kind of. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Uh, the notable star of the movie is uh, Essie Davis, who's not in a lot, but uh, she was in a, a show that I hear is very fun. I have not seen called Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, which is uh, mm. a few a, another Australian production. A few seasons were produced and and a movie which I also hear is less good. Oh, and and she played Maggie in The Matrix Reloaded. Oh no. I don't I don't remember who Maggie is. I'm actually going <laughs> to see if I recognize the character. I've just gone through them recently. She is not in The Matrix. She is in Reloaded and Revolutions. Oh, I remember her because she had one of the more unfortunate haircuts. Ah, uh, yes, they had a lot of those down in, oh god, what was it, Zion? Zion. Don't worry, there's a new city in 4. Of course. I Didn't they, like, blow it up real good in 3? It's pretty close, yeah. And then there's some online stuff involved. We're talking all the way around the Babadook, because, it, you know, the, it, this movie has... A lot of praise. And I don't get it. I I I, I hated it less on second viewing. <laughs> uh I think the things that it is trying for, uh the, the movie basically operates on three levels at once and it kind of fails at all three of them. I was not the fondest. It it is a there, there is the spooky monster movie on top, which, like, the vast majority of that I felt was pathetic. Uh, there's sort of a a family thriller going on below that, which is silly. And then it 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 also is trying to be a metaphor for grief and uh, mental illness, which is embarrassing at best oh i got words about that last one i will get there but it is it i i don't know it's struck it struck a nerve with a bunch of people like at exactly the right time it was uh proclaimed as like a i, I don't know about perfect but it's like a a representation of the struggles of motherhood that rings true on some levels. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's so overwrought. It's so like miserable. <laughs> Everybody is just absolutely miserable at all times. And they all hate each other. The characters just sort of, disappear out of the film as our our main character just pisses them off enough there's really only one character who seems to be wholly lovely which is their neighbor gracie yes Gr gracie roach who is and she's just a, a, a woman woman yeah that is it she's just <laughs> a a person of infinite patience. Oh no, she's very worth. Also, utter inaction. She, she, she does... 
she does not help the situation as it falls apart in any way. Her one attempt is to go up to the door and go, is everything all right? And then just leave, even though everything is obviously not all right. But I suppose we should probably start with the beginning. It is uh, a dream sequence that we start with, with our main character, uh, Amelia Vanek, who is more often referred to as Mommy. I'd say probably about a 15 to 1 ratio. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is in her bedclothes in a car. Uh, in, a, in an extreme close-up. And there's... Like, uh, okay, they didn't have the money to film a car crash. And that's fine. But what they came up with was really weird. Just, they just kind of shake a car around with her in it. And there's like little bits of broken glass just sort of flying around. And that's kind of it. So I actually didn't realize until they spelled it out later that this was supposed to be a nightmare about her husband dying in a car crash? Yes, her husband died in a car crash on the way to the hospital to deliver her son, whose name is Samuel, and uh, it has been seven years. This is all established later, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it, 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 is, uh, it, it is the point of the scene, but we don't, we don't actually get that point for a while. And instead, I, I guess it's, me, it's, yeah. it's it's kind of like a mysterious thing. It's just like supposed to set her mental state, but I don't know. I don't know if it does it. But as soon as she wakes up, her child is already yelling, and he will proceed to do so for approximately the next hour. And this is kind of my biggest issue with the movie, like, the inept fumbling of heavy themes aside, these two people are just utterly unlikable in every way. Amelia needs to go to jail, and young oh, yeah. Samuel needs to be sent to another dimension. Like, they, there's just absolutely zero subtlety here. She is not worn down and, uh, like, overworked. She is utterly smothered to the brink of just shattering into pieces by every aspect of her life. She can't even go eat an ice cream cone without getting 15 messages about how her son is just an unholy terror. Okay, okay, let's back up. We can ease into this with the fact that Samuel also had a nightmare, but as Amelia is waking up, we see, and this is part of how I didn't know the father was dead, someone is just sawing things elsewhere in the house, and I thought, oh, dad's, like, the crafty type. And it turns oh. out... It yeah, turns no. out... No, Samuel has built a catapult. <laughs> oh. One second, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Samuel is not 
a, a, a difficult child with emotional problems. He is a tornado of codependence and violence. He is a, a craftsman, I guess? And he builds weapons and takes them to school. Like, he, he built an entire back-mounted catapult that launches baseballs. And it's never really established, like, where he learned how to do that or anything. He just does I it. A, I have a theory. Okay. She placates him by buying him DVDs, but not good DVDs. They're close-up <laughs> magic trick lesson DVDs. And I think that every time there is a commercial on the television, she will see some ad, and once in a while, Samuel will look up and go, I like that. Mommy! Mommy! Can I have that? Please! And a DVD is very cheap by 2014, so it turns out sure. Samuel gets to learn a lot of things from whoever is on the screen. <laughs> That's true. You can you can probably find a lot of uh, a lot of instruction that would find elsewhere. Uh, she does. It does establish that she buys him things and that he shouldn't have and forgets about them. But we'll, I'll, I'll save that as a surprise for later, I guess. But yeah, he is just like he can't, for the vast majority of the movie, he just cannot spend ten seconds in a scene without screaming for his mother or making th things uncomfortable for everyone around him, or just destroying something or getting in into a position where he is able to destroy himself and the only thing that can stop him is 24-7 care. It is unbelievable. This And this child, the actor, uh, Noah Wiseman, he had some pipes on him. He, he hit some volume and pitch that is something else. Oh, we turned the sound system down because a neighbor asked if we, like, were beating a nephew or something. <laughs> no, we're just watching the Babadook. Oh, okay. Okay. Why? <laughs> well. Yeah, anyway, I wasn't going uh, to explain the, the, the podcast. <laughs> anyway, he, he, had a dr he had a bad dream is the, the crux of this scene, so she needs to go get out of bed instead of instead of sleep she needs to go take care of her child this is how we start the movie uh and there she she looks through his room and there's no monster there and so he she reads him she reads a story to him i think three little pigs yes yes because uh he asks if they really kill the wolf mom and then I'll I'll kill the monster when it comes. I'll smash its head in. Something like that. And yeah. then and then it's the Babadook. Welcome to the movie. Now, from here we get a little bit of time where we're going about their normal daily lives. Mom is a nurse at an old folks home. Care facility. Uh most of the old people don't get more than one line, if that, so you can't even say that her job looks like it's 
stressful. I, th- I think the most uh. frustration she has is one old woman's like, I don't want that milk. Well, I'll make you another coffee. Yeah, it, she doesn't, she isn't happy in it. Is the, the general crux of it. She, she, she puts up with it to varying degrees throughout the movie. But the, like, like this is one of the only scenes where we see her working and she just made, she made n- some nice tea for this old lady and she just complained about it. So she goes back to make some, make, make some better tea and Robbie walks in who is uh the her hot coworker and he walks in and immediately flirts he's just going ah of the kitchen where a woman should be ha ha she's like ha ha get to work woman ha 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 yeah and like she clearly it it seems like she barely tolerates him as well which is fair. That's it's said, like it's like he walked into the room and said, "How's my favorite milf doing?" <laughs> this joke aside, Robbie seems to be an incredibly sweet man to her. Sure, especially when he will later cover for her so she can just take a day. Oh, yeah, he, I don't know. He he is a very he is very sweet on her, and she is not. Gracie is the only pure character in this movie, just because Robbie does have a little bit of that undertone of "I want to get into your pants." Yeah, which not necessarily the worst thing, but we don't we don't get a lot of Robbie time, so we do, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really uh, go into it too much, but. Anyway, she tr- she tried to live her life without her son, and then she gets a call from his school because he made a crossbow for darts. Mm-hmm. And brought it to school and fired it in class. Now, this is a very different thing. I think we grew up in a different time. I'm not going to say, well, it was better when we were young, but I'm going to just say I remember somebody in show and tell when I was in second grade. When you didn't have to have things vetted beforehand, just went, this is my big brother's, and he whipped out a switchblade in front of the class and fumbled it into the floor, which caused a lot of screaming. (laughs) And I just think of that and go, that was way less dangerous and still got a dude's ass whooped compared to this kid fired a dart in class. Yeah, I, I I did not intend to be to have two episodes straight of darts in class, but I I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> um. So yeah, that she's she's at the school with his his teacher and his principal. They're just like, we have to pull your child out of this class. We can't. We cannot do this anymore. He has emotional problems. They offer to send him to like a one-on-one monitoring situation, like a basically like a just some sort of special ed situation, mm-hmm. and she is not having any of that. <laughs> no, in no, no, no. 
Amelia's just like, my son already feels isolated from the other children, so I'm going to pull him out of school? Which, what? <laughs> and here's where we need to talk about one of the other layers of this film. Some people read Samuel as, you know, an autistic child. Okay. That can be a bit of a rough raise if you don't know what you're doing or if you're of a certain mindset. I would say there was an attempt there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything on the record, but it's definitely a read. Uh, some of the people I was watching this with, the ladies in my house, were going, Okay, yeah, that's... You know, Samuel definitely reads like a young me, said uh, one of my partners. And so, you know, that I see it, but as the movie went on, she was also going, wait, I don't know if I'm... Is the mom the asshole here? Is this <laughs> supposed to... There was a lot of confusion. Yeah. We sort of lost the plot on... <laughs> wait, is there a hero? Part of the problem is it switches protagonists at one point. It switches the protagonist from the mother to the child. And the instant that this happens, like, the child just becomes a completely different character. Just, they both do. Yeah. Well, her, her deliberately. Him, I think we're not supposed to notice, because, uh, but he stops like he stops yelling he stops trying to smother his mother at all times like i i pre i'm pretty sure it's because at this point now it is time that we are supposed to feel bad for him and so we cannot have him doing this anymore we cannot have him just filling every scene with just all kinds of antics we cannot have him filling every scene with volume. Yeah. And, like, don't think I didn't notice that happening. I did. Um, the, the, the thing with him just being a craftsman is, so, is also just really strange because it just, uh, like, I, I can understand, like, this child has a hyperfixation on one thing, which he is very good at. Sure. Mm-hmm. But... That is extraordinarily complicated for a six-year-old. It's the fact that he has so many of these that's wild to me, because if it were the magic tricks, okay, kids love it, you can learn that sort of thing easy. Yeah, the magic tricks, perfectly understandable. He engineers multiple weapons, and the... <laughs> The teachers make mention, this is a not the first time. This is a thing that he has continued to do regularly. He made a functioning crossbow. He made a mounted catapult. Well, those are, those are the things that we see in the movie, but it is definitely implied that there has been more. To put this into perspective, I made a trebuchet with four people in physics class in college as a final this kid is six going on seven and designed something <laughs> just as functional and portable yeah i i tried to build a bridge for uh, out of I, I think it was i think it was out of toothpicks for class mm -hmm. i failed quite badly 
bridge building is a nightmare of engineering. I've yeah, learned that from video games. That was difficult. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it's, we, we've established that she already has, does not have enough time to handle her responsibilities, so how about 24-7 care of this uh, ex extremely difficult child? Good plan. Mm -hmm. But it, it's okay, because she has a sister to drop him off with. Yep. A, a sister who has a husband who works. Hello, Claire. Yes, uh... There's there's a f uh, a fun scene where she they go to the grocery store and uh, Samuel just wanders off to talk to some other mom and it's it's kind of fine at first and then she tries to uh, pull him away and he's like my dad's in the cemetery he got killed driving mom to the hospital to have me and suddenly wow it's it's time for us to go nice to meet you Samuel bye mm-hmm now. Here's one of my other issues with this movie. Okay. If Samuel was four going on five, I could see A, some of these outbursts, and sure. B, how Amelia hadn't hit a breaking point yet. This is almost seven years in, and only now is this combination enough nitro and glycerin that things have the explosive ability they do that kicks off this story. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into the metaphor at the end when we have the whole picture, but that's one of the big things that undermines the whole thing for me is I feel like you wouldn't just go from, I wouldn't say it's zero. We wouldn't just yeah. go from, let's say a three to a 15. I'd say we're more we're at like a five at the start, but yes, it it does end at fifteen. I'm gonna be just real nice to that. I'm gonna say we were going with because it's it's clearly in progress. Yeah, well, it, it, the timeline is really unclear, like the the movie timeline because it's it only takes place over a few days, but also when she's talking to the doctor uh, later. Uh, she is just she's just saying like this is I neither of us have slept for weeks. And so that one is an outright lie. There's sort of a vague idea of a monster in the house, but uh it has not been formally introduced. But once it does, uh in a in just a little bit, uh suddenly it's sort of treated like this is just a bit it's just been all about Mr. Babadook for this entire span of time when in fact it was today i'm definitely unsure of how many days the final act takes place over because it gave me a sense of has she just not gone to work for a week well part of the problem is there are also sleeping pills involved and so it is kind of deliberately fuzzy it's true but we just don't see them leave the house after a certain point. Yeah. Instead of complaining about later things in the movie, uh, there's a, there is a, we, we are introduced to Auntie Claire and her daughter Ruby. Uh, they're, all four of them are out in a park. It's 
it's not really clear how old Ruby is. It's younger, but maybe it still seems old enough she should be in school. But I guess she's just not. I'm going to say five. We're we're talking yeah. kindergarten at most with Ruby. Yeah, may, maybe she's uh, being homeschooled until first grade or something. I, I don't know the Australian education system, but I'd say most most uh, Western countries have a rough age range where it's pretty much the same, even if the, the grades are called different things. By this age, she's probably talking to people. She she's old enough to want a princess party as as they're discussing this and and it's a it's uh this is this is this year we are not having a combo birthday with Ruby and Samuel. Uh they are talking and Samuel is just like uh sc- you know screaming for his mommy to pay attention to him and watch him and she kind of stops doing that and so he climbs to the top of the swing set and stands on it. He's like, I'm ready to go. We don't see how they get him down, but they do. And uh, we get one of, one of the first screaming in the car scenes. Yeah. He does not appreciate whatever just happened. And uh, I don't remember if he's kicking. There, There is at least one where he is just kicking the seats in front of him the entire time. Imagine being in a theater and you're watching the first act of this and you have one of these children behind you. Does that make this movie better or worse? Um, well, uh, as we all know, more, uh, more speaker channels is better. So (laughs) it's like, uh, like an, it's like an early preview of like Dolby Atmos surround sam <laughs> oh you've described my hell there there's one there's one line i just want to note uh, just another one of those haha i'm coping lines where um I, I i've definitely caught myself doing one of these so i kind of understand uh they they return home and uh neighbor grace is there and saying, you look tired. And uh, Amelia goes, nothing five years of sleep wouldn't fix. Ha <laughs> ha. She's fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's bedtime. And Samuel is choosing the book. And he finds a, a weird custom-bound notebook thing. Which is titled Mr. Babadook. And he wants to read that one. And only that one. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I would say this storybook is probably the most effective creepy thing in the movie. I, I actually kind of like the whole thing with this book. Like, it's this basically, it's basically a creepypasta. But, like, it's, it's a pretty effectively done one. Uh, it's, it turns out it's a pop-up book. And so as as they turn the page, you know, the the images pop out and you know how pop up books work if you're listening to this because you're older than four. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's like fun, spooky ish artwork. Uh, Edward Corey. Sure. Sure. That's a good example. Mm hmm. Um, 
And it's got like a big poem in it. Uh, I may as well just, I, I just wrote it all down anyway. So we may as well just go for it. Hit it. Uh, if it, if it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, the, the rhyming structure is a little clunky, then it's, you can make friends. It's broken up by pages rather than as a full poem, so it makes for weird stanzas. Then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. His name is Mr. Babadook, and this is his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Ba 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 duk duk duk. That's when you'll know that he's around. They they say it much more creepily, uh, in the movie. You'll see him if you look. And at this point, Amelia's just like, "Hey, why don't we just like get another book?" No, I got to <clears throat> pick the book. This is mine. Uh. The the drawing of Mr. Babadook. Mr. Babadook uh, wears a top hat and like uh, sort of like a d d medium fancy ish, like like a fan the fancy suit of an 18th century uh, bricklayer or something. This is his nice clothes. When you go to a funeral because someone's fallen off the roof beside you, you dress like the Babadook. Sure. <laughs> this is what he wears on top. He's funny, don't you think? See him in your room at night, and you won't sleep a wink. And this is where the creepypasta stuff comes in. Uh, yeah, up until this point, he's had a very friendly kind of... Um, where the wild things are grin in a lot of yeah. the pages. Like, I, I can see where it's coming, because one, I know it's a horror movie, and two, I've <laughs> seen this sort of thing before. But I could see it being mistaken for something, fr like, friendly but kooky. Yeah. I'll soon take off my funny disguise, take heed of what you've read, and once you see what's underneath, you're going to wish you were dead. She doesn't actually read that last part out loud, but it, the damage is done. And we just smash cut to her reading a different book while the child is just utterly inconsolable on her lap. And I cannot blame him because they, the faces it gets, the, she flips past this a little and it's like, nothing but blank pages now. Hmm. Uh, like, as she's flipping through it, he's just screaming like, did he die, mommy? Yeah. That sort of thing. What happened to Max? Max is with Grandpa. <laughs> she she flips through the book once uh once the child is asleep. I basically like I know he has a name, and she yells at people that call him the boy, but I just think of him as the child. <laughs> He's... There is another show I listen to that refers to a certain kind of incredibly grating precocious child actor as an irritating shit boy that that's very much <laughs> what I, I was referring to him as yeah i i think i think you have uh used that phrase multiple times during our let's plays <laughs> i try not to do that to describe but for for child actors it really does kick <laughs> off at a certain yeah. point of keening yeah like i i, sh I i'm not like my dislike of this movie and 
his performance. I'm not like putting this on him. I'm not like, oh, this six year old should have done better. Uh, but I, I, I think they could have done better by him. Like there are some scenes where he does a great job. Yeah, the There's... back half when he's no longer leaning into this, the the aggressive grating parts, he's actually pulling something off. Sure. But then there there's also the whole first hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the book has uh, a bunch of blank pages at the end. And so she just kind of tucks it away on top of her cabinet. Uh goes to watch TV, which is just full of sex. <laughs> There's a candy ad where they're just like, they're, I, I, I don't even know. It, it's like they're, it's like they're giving BJ's to the candy bars, but they also just, just straight up bite it off. Uh, That's not uncommon for some Australian ads. I'll just sure. say that much. It, it might even be a real ad. I don't know. Yeah. Can't place it, but I have definitely seen back in the days when television had a bunch of specials they needed to fill hours uh world's wildest commercials in the australian oh, block yeah. was always horny <laughs> yeah that's true there were a lot of those little compilation shows did you know you can lick the chocolate off a kit kat bar oh no hmm <laughs> uh, also, and, and she flips through the channels it's just like phone sex ads and like 1930s movies where people are kissing and she's just like okay nope it's time it's time to get down to business she she goes to uh to her business room gets under the business covers and uh, <laughs> uh she's she she pulls out her her uh uh how can i keep this metaphor going um she extra pulls large pen Yes, yeah, so, uh, she pulls out uh, her uh, her her projector remote, <laughs> and uh, anyway, she's she's masturbating, and this lasts about ten seconds before, <laughs> in in, in like one of the few times that he's quiet, he just sort of like gently sneaks into the room. And then just screams and jumps on the bed right as she's about to secure the contract. Um, because <laughs> uh, uh, the closet door was open. He didn't leave it open. It's it's the Babadook, obviously. And she's just like, no, 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 not now. Please, just go to bed, please. <gasps> yep. <laughs> I I like, shouldn't have honestly, laughed at this moment, but I did. Honestly, like there's like this and like a couple of care there's like a few times that they say fuck during the movie, but outside of that this could 100% just be a PG-13. Even with yeah, the, no. even with this they could probably have gotten away with it. You could easily make a couple of minor cuts, get this down to a tight 90, and this would be perfectly suitable for anyone under a certain age. Because yeah. this scene and it's a little, the maybe scene, the scene gets a little saucy. 
but... Yeah. But it's 94 minutes. You do not need more than four edits. Yeah, you, you do not need all 120 scenes of, uh, of Samuel interrupting Amelia trying to enjoy her life for one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she sleeps in. This was what started the discussion of, all right, how much is Amelia the asshole in our house? Which is when she oversleeps, calls into work, and starts saying, oh yeah, Samuel had it going at both ends as a cover. <laughs> and then, you know, rolls in late and is still kind of sassy through her workday. Yes. Yes, she's, uh... She, um... She delivers, she delivers the child to her sister and uh, then goes to work and she starts playing bingo and it, the game's been going on for too long. She's just like, she's just pulled like a hundred numbers out of that thing and either nobody's gotten bingo or the people that have aren't paying enough attention because they're senile. And yeah. she's just like, ah, oh, it's um, 11. Anybody got 11? Yeah, I didn't think so. 5 billion. Then, uh, and at this point, one of her managers sees her and just, you know, the grr, look. Grr. Grr. <laughs> grr. Yes. But that's, that's the most trouble she ends up in at work is some yeah. sort of off-screen talking to. I think this is kind of the last time we see her at work. Uh, eventually, at the end of the movie, it is uh, it is revealed that she somehow did not get fired. But um, but yeah, that's another part of why I wonder how long does she not go to work in the final act? Who knows? They also say um, at the very end, it's been two weeks since uh, since she pulled her son out of school. Which is a, a weekish after the troubles. Yeah. Well, the troubles are ongoing, but the capital T troubles. So yeah. Uh, at at lunch, or she goes to the break room at some point, which is maybe lunch. Um, and Robbie Robbie shows up in his second of three scenes. Uh, he offers to cover the rest of her shift for her because the the mean old bitch is going home for like she she works like the four a.m. to noon shift or something. Yeah, and so she's gonna leave, and nobody's gonna care. So you go home and you take care of your sick child. Mm -hmm. So she goes to the mall and eats one ice cream cone. I gotta say, there is a certain something to this scene. It just hits a tone that feels like it belongs to a different indie movie entire. Just sure. This would have been a montage fragment in Garden State or some yep. other indie slice of life, navel gazing kind of work. But. I did actually like the way this landed. It just felt like, like there was relief. She uh, got to turn off. This is what she's looking for. <laughs> and in another movie, this is the start of, 
she finds something and it lets her get her groove back. But no, no. immediately she <laughs> no, she she got she has ten missed calls. Yep. It goes into uh into the parking lot and she's in her car and she notes a a couple in another car who are starting to get busy and just she just kind of stares at them for a while. That was pro. I think I think when I first watched the movie that that was when I was just like, oh, there's some sort of fundamental disconnect between this movie and me that is not going to be resolved. And yet I think this is the last time we really touch on anything horny. Anyway, this this is kind of where I, I get sick of the the overwhelming theme of just she cannot get one second to herself because uh uh Samuel has just been an absolute terror even without her there in order like I don't know if it if it, it kind of plays it like he did it he does it deliberately to summon her but I I don't I, I don't think that's actually the case it's just the result but it, it kind of it feels like it it feels like this weird emotional manipulation I didn't read it that way but I can see where you're coming from and it like, would fit a lot so he spent he spent uh, Samuel spent the whole day talking to the Babadook who's there of course of course the Babadook is there and he's he's talking to him for some reason his like if we assume that the monster is real which I I feel the movie firmly establishes no, but I don't know. Other people seem to feel differently about it. Um, but that I don't really get that. Or like he, it's it's like he's talking to it like it's his friend, but also just like yelling at it. Anyway, it freaked out both of them, both Claire and and her daughter and. Uh, Amelia, he he starts talking back to Amelia, and she like goes and she's like starting to reprimand him, and he throws firecrackers at her, mm-hmm. which he has startles the hell out of the dog too. And uh, he, uh, she, as she's driving, as she's driving him home, she's asking, "Where did you get that?" You bought it for me on the internet. I didn't catch you. Mm-hmm. I just heard bought it on the internet. So I have a note that says Sam bought firecrackers <laughs> offline. Nope. Nope. Uh, okay. His mom bought them in a an um, impressive fit of forgetful ne- negligence. So I have bought many things before and been surprised by them when I get a tracking email, but I feel like there's no way you buy fireworks that doesn't end up in you going, wait, what's on my doorstep? I actually, I don't know, like, a firework legality is kind of a strange thing all over the place. We are in the United States, so you know, we have the 4th of July, which is the fireworks day. Um, like, uh, where, where I live, there's like a two week period before July 4th 
where you are allowed to buy fireworks and otherwise no. I live directly next to the Mexican border where you can just cross over and buy whatever from the right tourist shack anytime. <laughs> I guess that's fair. My point is I don't know what the rules are in Australia and I didn't look them up and I'm not going to. No, no, I just mean that th these things always come either from a roadside shack mm -hmm. or a place that has a name that tells you 1,000% <laughs> this is fireworks. You get it from a guy named Shady Ray's Discount <laughs> Entertainment. And it's like, I either bought porn or fireworks just now and I won't know until the box is here. <laughs> Could be both. It's entirely possible. I've known many Shady Rays. You, you, you buy enough from Shady Rays, you get a free, barely legal DVD. Actually, I have picked up some party supplies where you did actually get a free firecracker with like first purchase. <laughs> That's not a joke. You just made me remember that. <laughs> Congratulations on your free fireworks. <laughs> I still got all my fingers. Anyway, his birthday is canceled now because he he starts going off about the Babadook in the car. And like he's like, the Babadook is going to scare you and that he's going to eat your insides. He's just going all, all in on this. Like the they so, learned about the they learned the specifics about the Babadook today. Yeah. And uh dinner is sure something. Oh, uh she is uh making soup and in this is one of uh a couple of scenes where she notes that uh her uh, uh neighbor Grace is just uh Watching TV and just having such a swell and quiet time by herself. And she just sort of stares wistfully at this tableau. And Samuel, meanwhile, Samuel is just throwing firecrackers at the dog. Yeah. And she gets mad that he's down in the basement, which, like, where do you think he's been making his weapons? I, I don't understand that part. I, I, I don't think... I feel like they did not quite establish the relationship between her and her... Uh, her and the basement and, like, the thing... It is full of reminders of her dead husband. Uh, like, photos and stuff. And his magic stuff? It, I guess... It does explain how he's able to hide some of these things if... He's just storing them down there, and... Sure, but, like, she knows about them. The basement, I suppose, is also the only way he could have been doing a bunch of sawing and not woken her up. Yeah, I agree. Like, he was building them down there, It, but, like, did, did she not notice that there was not, like, a bunch of plywood in the living room? Did, like, did she think, oh, I must have bought that catapult on the internet? <laughs> I don't... I just don't know. I don't know. She's... She's kind of bad enough at this, she might have just presumed that at some point. That's fair. <laughs> Robbie shows up for his final scene. He's got some flowers for her and, like, a model plane kit for the child. Hey, buddy. 
And Sam's it's just a like, very, yeah. Sam's just like, I'm not sick. And finally, the, Amelia just explodes. Which, uh, let's uh, let's just read this exchange verbatim. The truth is, he's so obedient, or he's so disobedient, he can't go to school anymore. You said that's not true. How many six-year-old boys do you know, Robbie, who still believe in monsters? Lots. I hate you. She won't let me have a birthday party, and she won't let me have a dad. Robbie just leaves. (laughs) We we don't even see him leave. We don't see his reaction to this. He never appears in the movie again. (laughs) And to be fair, if I hear a six-year-old who has been pulled out of school for making weapons say the word she won't even let me have a dad you'd better believe i'm never <laughs> turning around again yeah yeah no it's, it, uh, it's a, perhaps it is time to reconsider the uh, the milf plan <laughs> mila mom i'd like to avoid <laughs> Single or uh, uh, an an N milf an... <laughs> <laughs> We've lost the plot. Uh. Anyway, they made soup. Uh. Mm-hmm. They're eating soup, and her soup bowl is full of broken glass, and but- like. It it's just as she bites into it, and this is really unclear. Uh, she loosens a tooth in the process. Like she never talks about it. It's just like throughout the movie, she just kind of makes some faces around it, and then later when the troubles really begin, she just kind of reaches in and pulls it all the way out. So that was the setup for that, but um. Um, <laughs> someone, someone still put glass in her soup. Though. Yeah, someone put glass in her soup. Uh, Samuel insists it it was the Babadook, and she's just like, "Go watch your weird, uh, self indulgent magic DVD, please." The Great Martin's DVD School of Magic. Now, at this point, we have to deal with the fact that. The the metaphor is weird because if the Babadook is real, mm-hmm. then okay, they're being haunted by this thing, and it explains away a lot of the film. But yeah, and any anything can anything can happen because the Babadook is here and he's due on the grudging them or whatever. Yeah, but if it's real, then. The ending takes on a whole weird quality. However, it explains away a lot of the actual direct harm people do to each other in this film. But well, then... Well, well the, the the ending makes no logical sense if it is, like, a real literal thing. That's exactly it, yeah. Then most of the metaphors people read into this thing don't click unless it is an actual supernatural beast... But if it's not, which is how most people will read it, this means that this child put glass in his mother's soup. Or she put glass in her own soup. 
And neither of those is really an amazing read because one means that she needs to not be his parent anymore. <laughs> wow, can't imagine. And the other means she needs to not be his parent anymore. <laughs> It just depends on who needs to be locked up. Like he, so he's he's running around every now and then with his baseball catapult, and like it, it, you could imagine that like he broke a window and like some bits fell into the pot, but like none of that happened anywhere near that cooking scene. Mm-hmm. And this is the first of many. Many things which cause harm to the house and individuals <laughs> in it, which are just explained away with, it was the Babadook. Yeah, it did. Sorry, it was the Babadook. Thank you. Thank you. This is You're very welcome. important. It rhymes with look and book. So if I will you, cut if you are, my fuck up. If you, no, it's fine. Keep it. Um, <laughs> if you, if you are going to go, if you are going to go all the way with this, you need to only say Luke and book. Ever. And don't do that because I will quit. I will absolutely not screw up Tim Perkel playing the Baba Duke. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so yeah, um This the, This it, whole this just bit. Kind of, it just kinda of happens and the the she's just kinda of like, okay. Is there glass in your soup? You know what? I'm just going to make some new soup, actually, or make a completely different meal that's not soup. Which yeah. is, you know, perfectly good reaction, I guess, if we're not going to acknowledge who put the soup, in, or who put the glass in the soup. Then just, we let's can't just... trust each other with opaque foods anymore. Let's just start over. <laughs> Here, Here's your IV. <laughs> She could just bring those home from work. Maybe she could. Uh, it's very possible. So on her bed, so she finds a photo of her and her husband that's been drawn on with red ink. Uh, his face mm -hmm. is scratched out and her eyes are like, I don't know. Her, there's like a big, weird, stupid grin on her face. Yeah, she's been jokerized in the photo. Yeah, yes, thank you. Thank you. I I, I was struggling to figure out how to describe that. It is a, a red D. For damaged. Yes. Um, she, she, she's like, excuse me, what is this? And instead of answering, he pulls out his catapult. She pu she pulls it away from him. He pushes her to the ground and screams, "Do you want to die?" And and then he bolts. He catabolts. <laughs> I I just have a string of notes that are this kid sucks ass. At least I could riff on the prey. <laughs> and and finally, I can tell what I was thinking again with, ah, he knocked over the wardrobe. Yeah. I don't know what was up with that. Because, uh... In th he so if he knew about it, then you could make the read that he was going for the book on top of it. But 
how would he have known about it? It's out of his vision, and she did it when he wasn't around. Well, I th- I thought it was the cabinet in his own room, not the one with the book, but you're probably right. But it's definitely it's definitely his bedroom. There's a uh, there's like uh stuffed animals and stuff and such. All right. Yeah. So her finding the book is something else. Maybe. All right. So or let's it's, just... it, no, it's there. It's there, but it's weird. Okay, confirmed. It's weird. All right. So I thought she put it on her dresser. What the hell? She did. She definitely did. We're both cool. we're both right and wrong. So cool. Uh, but yeah, right. he uh, the the cabinet just crashes. Uh, and she finds him under the bed. And she pulls him out and puts him on top of his bed. He starts screaming, don't let it in, don't let it in, don't let it in. And yeah, she did that. I, I guess that's all she does for it. I, I should note, we're, we're uh, like <laughs> 25 minutes into the movie right now. Um, Don't worry, a lot less stuff happens later on. Yeah, I... Like, this first half hour is dense. I like... I don't know. I feel like when we see the Babadook in the first chunk, in the book, in a very shortly upcoming seat, I really like the what things they do with it to distinguish it. There's an art style to it. Sure. There's something jarring about it in each use. Whenever we don't That's see its neat. face. Yeah. And the back chunk just undoes a lot of that for me. But right now... This would be the slow start to a movie that could go interesting places and starts ramping up and hooking me close to here. Yeah. Let's see. As you said, the book was there. She takes it downstairs, rips it apart, and hucks it in the trash. And then it's time to go to the party. It's not his party anymore, but they still have to go. So they're at the princess party. All all of the rich suburban moms are there. They're they're so respectable, and also Amelia's there. <laughs> they are, they are all standing together on one side of the room in one shot, and she is on. She is uh. She may as well have been filmed on an entirely different day. The way the camera is working, it almost makes it look like she's on the floor underneath them yeah she's on she's on like a very short chair uh her son is clutching onto her while uh they're the they give the girl a doll and she doesn't like that she already had a doll and claire it's very reasonable reasonably i think says uh that's that's her twin they can shop together Claire tries. Ruby might be a pain in the arse child too. We don't really get more of her than uh three scenes. <laughs> one of where she's being terrorized, one where she is the terror. But 
there's a discussion here with the other ladies, and they're just all talking about how it's so hard to do anything. I'm just, I'm losing my figure. I don't have any time to get to the gym. And <laughs> in what I love, probably one of the most vicious and accurate things, Amelia's just like, Oh, it must be so terrible that you don't have as much time with you and your husband to do things. <laughs> uh, the the one that she's especially mad at, uh, uh, she, she, at one point she very subtly mentions that, uh, you know, I, I work with disadvantaged women sometimes. And that doesn't go over well. Mm-hmm. How do you cope? You must have so much to talk about with those poor, disadvantaged women. And the moms yes. are just like, oh yes. my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, oh goodness, how salacious. We're going to gossip about this for months. They don't say that part, but... The faces do. Um, there, now, there's... Okay. I I do have to mention there is a clown who is really lame at the party and all of the girls are standing around the clown and then Ruby just completely unprompted turns and bolts away from this uh to the treehouse where Samuel is hiding. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead and say what you were going to. This is just truly a scene of who is the who is the larger asshole in this treehouse? This is this is a problem child scene. Yes, this is uh th this is uh the main character is an absolute uh hellion, but we have to feel bad for him in this scene. So we are going to take the antagonist of this scene and ramp them up to eleven. We're just going to Cause... take that so much further. And the only reason that Problem Child almost got away with it uh, was they had John Ritter on the cast as the only human being. <laughs> he and almost... Gilbert Gottfried. And Gilbert Gottfried was also a nightmare person. Um, I know, it's great. But I'm just saying, like, John Ritter was, like, the nor the actual normal person who is, he attempted to humanize the movie, and I think he came really damn close considering. But this movie does not have a John Ritter in it. It has, uh, you know, act actresses who are fine in general. It has Daniel Henschel as Robbie. Yes, Daniel Henschel as Robbie. I am <laughs> looking at that right now. Uh, he he is he is no um he he is no John Ritter. I'm sorry. Maybe he no. could, maybe he could be someday. He was okay in that uh, Washington Spy show. Sure, did not watch that. Do you want this line, or should I? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, God, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm still just thinking of Problem Child, <laughs> and. <laughs> This the, just this I'll I'll stop after this, but there's just one scene early on where uh one of the mean girls just goes, "He's not a real kid. He's adopted." And that's basically this scene. 
Okay, that's a thing that you could see a child saying, which is like, all right, you're going to feel bad about that later in life, but right now that's just kind of the casual cruelty of a child. Ruby throws <laughs> out, you don't have a dad because your dad wanted to die rather than be with you. Me, me, and as she's doing this, uh, Amelia is talking with Claire about the mean moms, and yeah. she's trying to accuse Claire of not, uh, like, n not caring or asking about her life, which is not true at all. Uh, and she accuses Claire of not ever coming around her house, and Claire just goes, because I can't stand being around her, your son, and neither can you. Which is and, amazing. And it's a thing that if they unpacked that statement, we might save a lot of trouble in the final act. They do not. But Samuel has just nailed Ruby in the face, causing her to fly out of the treehouse <laughs> and break her nose. It is the ultimate you are not welcome at my house punctuation <laughs> to a scene that was already gonna get loud. Yep. This is, uh, th th this is, w we hear, uh, we hear Claire on the phone one more time, but otherwise, she's out. She's done. Mm -hmm. Um, and in my, f my favorite, uh, noise of the movie, uh, oh, no. she is driving, uh, she, she is driving home with her son, and he is fully, fully tantruming out. Uh, yeah. And screaming at the top of his lungs, just going, Mommy! 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 Etc. He, trust me, he says Mommy so many times throughout this whole movie. Uh, but finally, she just pulls to a stop, turns and screams, Why can't you just be normal? And he screams some more. I think this should be the the opening, the cold open clip. Personally, all right. When when I had the original idea for do, like doing this solo as like a vi a video project, this was years ago. But that that mm -hmm. was how I, that was how I was gonna open it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of doing her read of the book, but you know what? This is much more compact. Sure. And so Samuel just starts screaming about how you, is it this point where it's you can't let him in before the seizure? Um, it's something like that. It's, yeah, it's Baba, Baba Ducky stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she pulls over and there's a whole bit. And yeah, he's, he's having, he's having some sort of seizure. And she is panicking. Yep, it's uh, some close-ups of Doctor stuff. And he uh, he reports that it was a, fe a febrile convulsion. Uh, which is basically just the kid got too hot, got a brain fever. Which is, is a real thing, I looked it up. Um, oh yeah. And, you know, it, it, he says it always looks worse than it is, which my, you know, my, my brief inspection of the internet agrees 
And he's completely normal otherwise, except for all that anxiety. Your son was in my uh, examination chair for about five minutes, and he kept telling me that he was a weaponsmith who fought monsters? <laughs> uh, he, it, he has a little cat friend? Yep. The The doctor says he, he, you know, I can refer him to a psychiatrist. It'll take a few weeks. Um, and she's extremely thankful. And can we, can you please give me some medicine to put him to sleep, please? Oh my god, please. Please. I'm, which is horrible. Oh yeah. And he kind, he kind of reluctantly agrees with it. Yeah. This was the scene where we all finally decided Amelia is definitely the monster in this movie. Yep. Because yeah, just straight up lying because you want to drug your kid yeah. to make your life easier and boy she does oh yeah he, she does not uh she does not merely give him the pill uh, like one pill at the end of the night uh did basically from this point on it seems like she, like it, it's not showing it explicitly but it sure seems like she is uh keeping him on that stuff 24 7 we can at least confirm, because again, we've mentioned time gets a little weird in this chunk. Uh, it's it's at least over a day between her feeding him. Like he is very small, and so and like almost definitely not eating right. So it's it's entirely believable that uh you know it it's hitting him harder than it maybe should, but it still seems a little suspicious considering everything else that's happening yeah again if uh if the monster is a metaphor amelia is committing multiple yeah. crimes yes. that you lose a kid for like as i said she should be in jail yeah before she gives him the first pill um she's trying to uh tell him that people don't hate him which is not true <laughs> um and it's pleasant for a bit and then he just goes i don't want you to die mommy and she says you know i'm I'm not going to die for a long time did you think that about dad before he died and she's just like take take the pill please <laughs> please take again the pill. these <sighs> if this child is a few years younger yeah I buy this, but that this never came up before seven. Six point nine five. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's just one of those. It's like, yeah. I I feel like he would have stepped on this landmine sooner. Yeah, no, she she doesn't like she is she is not coping in any way, shape, or form, and she was not at the start of the movie. So yeah just imagining the, these characters as we see them doing this for seven years does not really well whenever children achieve sentience i i feel like it just has to be shortly after he starts talking and putting things together because but but also it's really hard to get four-year-olds to do things in movies yeah, but it's not problem. like it would be the first time you get someone to play a little, you know, an older kid by a year or so. Sure. 
Anyway, sp- so yeah, yeah. They both, uh... some spooky stuff is happening at the store at the house. Someone's knocking at the door, but nobody's there. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, oh. they both slept through the night, and that's yeah. when. Yeah, they. She. She. Oh, oh. Um. There. There's a thing when. Uh. In the start of the movie, I didn't mention. Um. After the car crash. Uh. Thing. It sort of shows her falling gently through the air into bed. And it does this again, but like much more pleasantly. And mm-hmm. as soon as she lands, she looks at the clock and it's 11 a.m. Everything's fixed. Yay. Except somebody left the Bob, Mr. Babadook on the, on the doorstep, reassembled. And it's, uh, it's got more pages this time, because she's yep. looking through it and it's like, oh. Oh, it's uh, it's all intact, yep. and the pop-up still works, and it's now threatening me overtly, and oh, it's got pictures yep. of uh, me murdering the dog and the kid. She got okay. the DLC cool. chapter. <laughs> Babadook's wrath. I'll wager with you, I'll make you a bet. The, strong- the more you deny, the stronger I get. You start to change when I get in, the Babadook growing right under your skin. Oh, come, come see what's underneath. And that line doesn't actually get a follow-up. Um, yeah, th- I, it kind of vaguely mentioned a couple of times the idea of, like, the Babadook possessing you. But it's not, like, Sam screaming, don't let it in, don't let it in. But this is the first time it's ever really made explicit. And uh, she decides that at this point she's going to go out back and burn the book. Yes, yes, she she lights it in the barbecue just in time for the child to wake. Uh, Recognize a big burning red cover. <laughs> uh, a couple of completely useless scenes follow this. Um, she's having a fo- she is in the final phone call with Claire, and uh, Claire is reporting that her daughter's nose is broken in two places and Amelia's offering to pay for it. And Claire's just like, Oh, come on, (laughs) please. You You can barely cover your own bills. What makes you think you can handle this? And so she's just like, she, uh, she changes tacks to like somebody stalking us and leaving a book. And Claire's just like, call the police. I'm done. (laughs) Which to be fair, is you know in theory the reasonable response yeah but then she actually goes to the police station in the movie it's just completely useless scene i don't know why it's here she places a report uh, she tries to place a report and like everybody in the room laughs at her and like she did she they're like okay can i see this book no i burned it and also there's a code in the corner that kind of looks like the Duck, and she leaves. It's like one minute, and it feels like ten. It's so bad. There's, there's a thing that happens right before this which seems to prompt her to go to the police, ah, which yes. is she gets a call where somebody just goes, Duck into the line. Oh, Grace. But she doesn't say, can you check phone records? Or like, that seems like the lead you go with. Hey, someone's making threatening phone calls to me, but she doesn't. She's just like, there was a book and I burned it. 
And then she walks out, and she starts slowly looking more methed up through this chapter of the movie. Yep. Perhaps because she is. A little bit. Uh, she's uh, she's seeing bugs. Yes, she she's seeing bugs. She's mad that Samuel took an interest in her neighbor's Parkinson's, which yeah. is, which is like the an actual normal child thing to ask asking questions to learn about like this thing that is part of his neighbor's life, and she's just like and mad about it. Yeah, Gracie's very he's like, oh no, he he asked the same thing any child does when they see me with the shakes. And he's just like she... your dead husband. Yep. <laughs> yes, uh bugs behind the fridge in a hole uh, there's a hole in the wall. There's tons of tons of cockroaches. And this is when the people from the Board of Education show up to check in on the child who hasn't been to school. Hey, it's Community Services, our favorite. I'm, I'm sorry, it looks, it looks so terrible in here, and she leads them to a hole in the wall that doesn't exist with no bugs around. I me She's like, I, I meant a hole in the wallpaper. And they're just like, we're going to give you some forms. And we're going to be back for these in a few days. It, Bye. This whole scene, they make faces like, we should do something about this, but we're not gonna. Uh, in a, in an a, a extremely delightful moment, uh, they, ask how Sa uh, they ask Sam how he is, and he reports that he's a bit tired from the drugs mom gave me. Yes. And she's like, oh, Just, no, uh, well, he had a fit yesterday. Like, that's better. But he, okay, she looks a little messed out. He has full-on sunken Uncle Fester eyes. Yeah, they go, they go wild with his makeup for this part. And up until pretty much the chaos begins, he's got this look. I can't believe they just leave. Yeah, they they drop off a form and they bounce. So this is the bit where we get my last and probably most favorite effect in the film that did not cause me to laugh unspeakably hard. <laughs> which is the Babadook comes to her in the night, and it starts doing this stop-motion dance at her. And it's a, it's a different frame rate. It's a very good effect. It works. It's incredibly jarring. And that's when it, you know, climbs down in. Yep, it's just, uh... It's, it's crawling on the ceiling, but then... It like falls down. It falls down on her, but like the camera centered on its face, and that is, that just like all the good work is just completely undone at that point. Yeah, it will never move like this again either. One thing I did not know about the first time I watched it was Jeff the Killer, which is a a. Uh, <laughs> A creepy pasta <laughs> legend. Okay. Uh yes, he's uh 
He has uh, white skin and a Joker smile, like a, a sliced open Joker smile. Rictus grin. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he, 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 he kills people. And then he whispers, go to sleep. And that's kind, that's kind of it. Like, it's really lame, actually. <laughs> but but it just kind of the, the look just as, as soon as I saw that. That's just that's all I can think of whenever I see the Babadook's face. <laughs> I Here, just me... imagine someone narrating that story. And it just ends in someone going, the family man killer who puts his victims in a nice tucked in tableau. Yeah, so the story came with a picture and it quickly, it, it qu- quickly became anime and sexy. Uh, as, of course. As, as the, the teens uh, found it. Here, I'm, I'm, not, okay. I'm not going to include these pictures in the, uh, in the video version of the show. But you can find those. <laughs> it's so scary, right? But here, here he is. This was my favorite character in Bleach. <laughs> it's an RN car and a half. Anyway, okay. anyway, this is one of many reasons I cannot take the Babadook seriously at all. I had to close our chat window. Oh my god! <laughs> Just do do, an, do a Google image search for Jeff the Killer. If you're listening to this and you have no idea, it's so it's, worth it. I swear, it's extremely scary. <laughs> All right. Uh, at this point, everything is falling apart in the house. We are barely seeing any lights. The electricity has been going all fucky for a while. And I actually thought they had shut it off because she wasn't going to work. Yeah. It kind it kind of seems sometimes like the, like it got shut off and then somebody just turns on a light. It's f- Or the TV. Or the, yeah, it's very strange. There's like a, a zoom in on her mouth. Uh, as the Babadook drops on her, which I guess suggests that it is now in, it is now inside of her. It, she let it in or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. she, and she goes to watch TV and there's like this weird mix of like actual silent film footage and weird new stuff with the Babadook in it. And it's all, it's spooky and haunted and stupid. There's like there's like a clown whose entire limbs fly off and float around. It's it's impossible a... to describe. So a lot of people in this movie, and I'm gonna chalk this up to direction, do a lot of overacting with their face to really mm-hmm. sell things in lieu of dialogue. Like the two people from civil services, yes. uh the mothers at the party. There's a lot of that. Amelia is clearly trying for that in this scene, but it's not working. So at one point, just while we're cutting between the parade of things on the television and her, she's just curled up in this fetal ball and making a face with all her feet tucked up on the couch. And it made me laugh incredibly hard. Yeah, the... She... 
yeah, she tr- they try to make her make some faces, but it just it just never really works. Like she makes a face and nobody tells her no, not that one. Uh and she this is- does pull off some emotional swings in this next bit. Sure. She can roar like a champ. Yeah, but- she she like wh- every now and then she does nail it, but like I'm not I'm not really even putting this on her really uh, on the actress really because you can't see your own face when you're doing stuff. So that's mm-hmm. kind of you kind of need somebody outside to tell to like help move you in the right direction. Um but the thing the thing that she does is a thing that I I just call it the crazy eyes. Um, not, not in the scene that we just described, but like basically the, the entire rest of the movie here. Um, it's basically, I, I I think I, I think I'm going to blame Jack Nicholson in the shining, uh, because he was extremely good at, you know, opening up his, his eyes real wide and making a grin that's like actually really disturbing. Yeah, but then a lot of other people who aren't anywhere near as good at it also do it. It was, uh, and this is like I'm crazy now, and it's you need to have stupid. You need to have a lot of facial control, but it's not just the eyes go big. The one I always think of is. Jim Carrey and the cable guy, a guy who's known for being rubber faced as a comedian, yep. can really just sell the turn mid sentence when you've pissed him off and his eyebrows just do this little arch as the grin suddenly goes from your best friend to I'm going to slit your throat. Yeah, that is a movie that I really I, I, uh, I just completely discarded back when it came out. Uh, I was just like, this is probably trash. And the more I hear about it, the more I realize I probably need to see it. It's definitely worth visiting. You get the feeling that the number 23 was him trying to recapture the magic of the cable guy. Because it's like, yeah, I can do a I can do a dark roll. But one of them landed and one of them didn't. Well, he also had like a lot probably a lot less practice doing face stuff by that point. Good point. So, that that may have uh, affected it. The movie that I think of when I think of the bad crazy eyes is <laughs> it's, it's stupid. It is a direct to to DVD movie, like one of the earlier ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is called Sick Serial Insane Clown Killer. I did not rent that, but I've saw the box so many times Don't because believe the box. The box is a okay. lie. <laughs> the box is one hundred percent a packaging. lie. It uh we, we'll see if I if if we decide to go there, but it's miserable. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the when uh when the killer when one of the characters goes crazy at the end, he goes he goes full crazy eyes. <laughs> this next bit we can kind of roll through because it's basically a lot of 
things are getting bad in the house. She's calling in sick. They don't believe her, but like, what are they going to do about it at this point? She's still not coming in. She's not making the child food. Uh, she starts like doing weird storybook talk. She's like, why do you have to keep talk, talk, talking? She finally tells him to go eat shit. Yes, literally a quote. And this, the this is like like I mentioned earlier. This is where the protagonist swap happens. So, uh, Samuel basically just never really screams again. Mm-hmm. He's just completely different. He's like quiet and like he walks up and he's just like, "Mommy, can I? I'm hungry, mommy." Whereas earlier in the movie, he'd be like, "Mommy." My stomach's rumbling, mommy! Uh, yeah, this is the part where we figure out that at least a day has passed with him just being drugged through, and maybe she's not sleeping, but yeah, he's incredibly hungry, and she's screamed at him, so it becomes, alright, well, pick, we're gonna go to a diner, and you can eat whatever you want. And there's, like, other children also there? And they're actually having a fun time. And, kind of. You know, this is just like they're ki- the they're, depression table. They're also kind of like yelling at each other. It's strange. It, There's an energy there that's very lacking in the dead-eyed Vanek duo. It's a place called Wally's, and they're there for ten seconds, so I assume it's just a real place. I got Denny's vibes. Sure. But... uh, uh, uh as they're leaving, the Babadook enters the car, uh, or something, and there's cockroaches, and she's freaking out, and just swerves the car around, and just hits another car on the wrong side of the road. And the the guy that uh, whose car she hits is kind of like mad about it, uh, especially when he, he realizes that she has a child in the back seat. Which is, yeah. he's a little mean about it, maybe, a little too mean, but he, it's kind of, it's pretty understandable, I think, I don't know. He, he, he doesn't get unreasonably upset, because yeah. she's slammed into the front of his car, and slammed is pretty hard, it's basically a fender bender. They're not going at a high speed. No. They're in the suburbs. He's like, oh, come on, I just got this thing, what do you you got a child in the back? Real great. Real great, lady. And she just drives off while he is not in the car. <laughs> I guess he doesn't, like, report her or anything. He doesn't get her license plate. Because I guarantee Child Protective Services, or whatever they call it there, would not approve. No. And, again, this is where you can't have the monster be anything but real because otherwise we are entering the point of physical real world consequences are happening during this scene which are crimes you could assume that she believes that the monster is real there you could interpret that either way really um but yes the the things that are happening are quite crimes Mm mm-hmm I, but I guess it's not a crime to take a bath with all your clothes on, which she does, because <laughs> she's going crazy now. It's crazy time. 
and we're in the part of the film where we're watching Hereditary if nothing happened. Yeah, and she, so she takes a bath, she, pl- uh, she d- plops Sam, also fully clothed, into the same bath, and th- they just kind of stare at each other for a while, and she goes and gets a violin from the basement, maybe a viola, I couldn't, I couldn't tell. It, it seemed pretty big, so maybe a viola? I stopped the movie to look this up because I was so tired of it. And I couldn't, like, the, the, it was like, violas are X number of inches larger than a violin. I'm like, okay, but how does that help me identify when there's only one? Th- anyway. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, but I got obsessed with it for a minute. It, it, I guess it's, it's, her, it's Oscar's, her husband. We never said the word Oscar, but uh, I guess it was his. And so she takes it to the bedroom and cuddles with it for a while yeah uh around this point she wakes up and she comes downstairs and realizes that sam has called is it claire or grace mrs roach so it is grace okay yeah I, i knew he called a lady we didn't hear the other end of the line and she just takes the phone and is like, no, no, he's just, he's being, he's just telling stories. He's being it's disobedient fine. again. We're all right. We're all right. And so she disassembles the, it's a cordless phone. She pulls the batteries and slams everything around and pulls out a knife. Walks in and it's not a small knife. It's not a bread knife or anything. It is a full on I'm going to carve a roast knife <laughs> and she just picks the phone up and is waving this thing as she cuts through the cord and goes there. How's that? And she's pointing at him and she's advancing with the knife. And this is where this works. This scene is where we start to get back into. Okay. Okay. You got me. Sure. I thought it was really silly. I I I again the crazy eyes just don't work for me under any circumstances. Um I didn't notice the eyes. I think the rest of the acting works. Sure. It, it's it's fine. It is clearly we are we are just stepping over a line here. She does have a cell phone though. Like it it it's not it, I I can understand like he can't get to it, but like they don't even mention it. I don't even know if he knows she has one. She, she she's like, okay, it's it's time for the final confrontation. So I'm gonna lock all the doors and windows so that you, a, a six year old child, cannot get out. Because six year olds don't know how to operate deadbolts, I guess. I do not remember the order in which these things happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay them out, and I'm gonna it, need you to help me. It here. doesn't really matter. There's a lot of just. Bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. Well, there's one that is the one that completely broke the metaphor for me. <laughs> so that's why I need to know what order these okay. are. Okay. She is lured downstairs by a sound and sees Oscar. Mm-hmm. And all he says is, you know, we can be together. All you have to do is bring the boy. And so she's like, oh, oh, you got me, Mr. Babadook. You're not my dead husband. Okay. (laughs) 
but I think I think that's it, one of the later things. Okay, I know in here we also have Gracie comes over and knocks at the door to just get it. It's the middle of the night. All of this is taking place completely pitch black in the night over some amount of time, and Gracie says, "You know, I hey, if you if you need me for anything, I'm I'm here." I know this time of year is always hard for you, what with Oscar's death and all. Apparently it's really hard. Yeah. So Yeah, there's this is where there's there's a lot of action or whatever in this span of time. We can get into it in a minute. But when Gracie is putting this like She's locked all the doors, and there haven't been lights on in this house for at least a day, and you're not seeing them. And th this is just supposed to be the bad time, as we'll refer to it in the end of the film. And Gracie's just trying to reach out, but this whole thing is just, you know, all this crap is happening because it's rough around the time that Oscar died. I have lost people close to me. I have lost family members. I have lost people who are directly in my life. And it sucks, especially if it's around a holiday or something. Like, being on the kid's birthday, I get that. That's a whole thing. There are some things that hit a little more personally because they're tied up in a certain holiday or an event that's right next to it. And I'm always going to link those, but there's... You feel a little down, and then there's... You just start screeching at your child and lying to everyone around you and cutting through your shit with a knife and raging and not sleep and this movie is trying to play it grounded and also completely out there as a big supernatural metaphor and everything shatters when Gracie tries to spell out for the audience you know grief is a bad thing and it's hard but you're not alone well as Someone is about to be fucking stabbed. I th I think the implication is that it's always bad, but she doesn't know that it's a really this bad this time. So I can kind of give it a bit a, a bit more leeway there, but also like the yes the residual evidence of like what's going on in that house they are not quiet. They they are not being yeah. remotely quiet, and she lives right there, and she is just like quiet, quietly going. Oh, it's okay. I can deal with your grief as we always. I I can help you deal with your grief as we always do, and not calling the cops. There's a bit we're about to cover that I thought was oh, this is where it tips into it's all in their heads now and that's why it's escalated so much until the final scene calls out oh yeah that was terrible but we're done with it now yeah um i, I don't like most of the characters in this movie but i feel 
uh, Grace gets really just a rough fucking deal in this part just because, mm-hmm. like, it, ter- it seems like, okay, this is the person that's going to care and going to try to intervene. And not only does she not even try, and not only, like, you'd think, oh, she's going to walk in the house and get murdered, which would, you know, that would not fit with the ending. So, sure, mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, it turns out this whole movie, they're setting up this kindly person who cares, and it turns out she's just, like, a good-feeling radi- or, like, a a a, a good-feelings transmitter. And that's it. That's the entire character. And boy, once once I once I realized that that's as far as that went, I I do not like that at all. No. And she's the only like we we've cut out everybody else in the movie at this point. Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna, I, I wrote down a lot of the stuff. We'll just go through one by one and just, if yeah. if you have anything, just stop me. <laughs> uh, she tries to get Sam to take his pill and he does a little bit of sleight of hand, which is kind of, kind of like a nice, uh, callback to the magic stuff that they've been building up. Uh, yeah. They're watch- she's watching cartoons and like hallucinates that he's dead, but he's fine. But she's holding the knife. Whatever. Uh, the dog gets mad at her. Um, she gets some ice cream, and they eat it. And she's she's making noises because of her tooth. Uh, yeah. Let's see. There's a news report about a, 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 a which is a hallucination about a mother who killed her son who just turned seven. And also, she's in the window and grinning at her, and the power goes out, but then it doesn't. Uh, yeah. He uh, he stands next to her with his eyes closed, saying, wake up, mommy. And she's like, but you're the one who's asleep. Uh, let's see. Then we have the... They, she goes to the basement and sees Oscar. You, can, you need to bring me the boy. Bring me the boy. I think it's yeah. going to rain. Uh, because I guess that was the last thing that he said before he died, which is maybe a thing that you should have set up at the start of the movie and not. Yeah. That, not, that flashback in the opening is kind of jarring because it's like, it's, I think it's silent. Yeah. It's, it's, there's no, there's only, uh, the soundtrack. I think she go she goes upstairs and the Babadook gets wheeled out. It kind of, kind it, it, it does a thing where uh, it stands completely still, and then it kind of twitches its hand, its hands out. Its hands are, uh, t- um, Edward Scissorhands ba- or Freddy Krueger, really. It's Freddy Krueger hands. Cardboard Wolverine. It's got, it's got the claws, and it, it goes. Yeah. She runs away, uh, but she picked a room that has a fireplace. And the top hat falls out of it. And the Babadook, like, crawls into her back at that point. I guess she is fully ducked. Yeah, she apparently wasn't possessed before. Now she was just kind of an asshole. Or she get, she got double... Maybe there's more than one. This, now, now she is host to Mr. and Mrs. Babadook. Now she is <laughs> the double duck. <laughs> oh, no. 
Oh no, she she wants to take the physical challenge. <laughs> I'm Mark Summers, and this is Family Double Dook. Get your knives ready. <laughs> you could do some good stuff with that catapult. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. You know what? Actually, the, I'm kind of. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking we're on to something here, actually. These two would kill on Family Double Dook. <laughs> oh, there's not enough family, though. Who are they going to bring? <laughs> and third chair, Ruby. I'm here for toys. And Uncle Baba Duck. <laughs> uh, we're, we're idiots. <laughs> That's the best part of anything when this goes off the rails. Uh, let's see. Um, after she's been ducked, uh, she's, she watches a, ho uh, a horror movie, which may or may not be real, and she's twitching. The dog barks at her, so she murders it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, after, as soon as she does that, she just yanks out her loose tooth with her hand, which is, yeah. th that's when I realized, oh, she got a loose tooth. And that's why she was making that face with the ice cream. I actually hadn't put the glass being why the tooth happened until then, because to me, at this point, we have to be in metaphor territory, because otherwise, she just murdered a dog and yanked out her tooth. She needs to be on meth, or she, yeah. like... I, I, assume yeah. I assume it's an unspecified mix of real and fake. Um, like, we're, uh... <sighs> We're kind. We're kind of echoing out, but it's. A, but again. But but unreliable narrator. Let's go with that. But that dog is gone. Oh, that dog's super dead. Uh, <laughs> she snapped a dog's neck. So that again, again, th that's not grief. No, no, that's uh, that's that that's it's it's so it's extremely time to go to jail. Uh, yeah. See, she starts chasing her son, and he he locks her out. Her voice gets pitched down at this point. And this happens a few times, and she like does a weird action movie thing where the the door has like a frame, a weird decorative frame over the top of it, and she just hangs off that and kicks it open. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Her hulking out and busting through the door was oh th that was some straight up sarah connor shit and i was like what is she doing yo uh, she runs to a random corner of the room screams then turns around just sort of does the wheelie uh, like the thing where it's supposed to look like they're floating but they're clearly on wheels and she does that at yeah. sam really fast and so he pees and she's like mm -hmm. oh can't can't believe you're still peeing yourself cool uh yeah. let's see she says things like uh let's see you don't know how many times i wished it was you not him that died cool sometimes i just want to smash your head against the a wall until your fucking brains pop out cool uh here's the thing this part i will actually say works as this action this is one of the only things that feels like grief and frustration and just the things you would never say to someone in your family after a loss like that. this 
I will buy okay. this one seat. Sure. Uh, how about the part where uh, Sam uh, Samuel screams, "You're not my mother," and she goes, "I am your mother." Oh yeah, this is where we turn into outright farce for a few minutes this, between there's yeah. so many parts of this movie where like you just tweak a little bit and you you make them like a little bit less utterly morose and you've got a comedy yeah but this kicks off and she's trying to she's end of avaing the kid <laughs> and he just briefly touches her face and finally She's free, and she spits up this horrible uh, black shit, which well, again would would be a metaphor, except they're both covered in it for a bit. Well, we we, we do need first. We need to uh, fire Chekhov's guns, which is uh, he throws firecrackers at her, and then also gets her with the dart gun and the catapult and the trip wire into the basement, which we didn't mention. Oh yeah, he home loads her for a bit. Yeah. See this. This is this is where Grace shows up, and she just kind of goes away. And wait, Grace was in the middle of the home alone. Yes. Oh my god! After 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 Grace goes away, she uh Amelia goes to the room with Sa Sam and his dead dog to apologize. And she says, I haven't been good since your dad died. I haven't been good at all. I'm sick, Sam. I need help. Great. Uh, good, good, good line. <laughs> and then he stabs her in the, in the leg. Yeah. Uh, tripwire, she smacks her head. He, like, hogties her. If you're gonna buy all the DVDs, and I know you're watching the softcore stuff, because we saw you earlier in the movie... <laughs> Please don't leave the Shibari kit where he can watch it. Uh, I mean, I, I did watch Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down when I was entirely too young. This kid did... Wait, this is not close-up magic he did here. This is full-on, wow, you made an artistic spread of your mother. By the way, I the, the movie I just described is rated NC-17. It is not a porno, just for the record. <laughs> I, I knew that, don't worry. It, I I I am not surprised that you knew that. Somebody may not have known that, but it is a it is a vaguely artistic-ish film. It's kind of not. It's, it's kind of trashy, but whatever. Um, the point is, I was too young, and it's it's got rope stuff. Look, we'll explore this I, another. I week. was not six too young. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I know you don't love me. The Babadook won't let you, but I love you, Mom, and I always will. And that's that's when she gets her arms loose, and she just strangles him, like, really hard. Yeah. Uh, and that's when he touches her face, and she barfs up some Babadook juice. It's just pitch black puddle on the ground uh okay and that this is this is where it gets like super the metaphor just gets real fucking weird because yes they go upstairs and sam just announces out of nowhere you can't get rid of the babadook and so 
he gets dragged upstairs by nothing, and they have the confrontation. No, no, no. no I'm sorry. This was the effect that had me dying <laughs> of laughter on the couch, because you say he gets dragged upstairs by nothing. Right. They are doing quick shots where someone is clearly hurling him and we're cutting to midway through him in midair over and over as budget telekinesis and it's hold the kid flinging montage up the house into her bedroom i was dying it, it does not look good no <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah the the metaphor falls apart we're all in amelia's bedroom and they're on one side of the room, the Babadook is on the other, but the Babadook is just darkness, like the darkness in your heart. Mm-hmm. And except for except also, for one part where it just grows wings for a second. Also, around here is where I got sick of, but three people in the house confirmed it was not just me. At this point, the Babadook starts making doom monster sounds. Yes! Yes, it's just yes. just stock sound effects. It's the exact same one, and it happens three or four I times. I was trying to identify it, but you're absolutely right. It was Doom. It's Doom. There there are some other there are some others that I recognized from Silent Hill. <laughs> ah, got yeah, you've got that leg up on me. It's oh it's 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 bad. It's it's it, it is the the maybe okay so i i mentioned that they had a kickstarter for 30,000 uh i mm -hmm. did not mention that uh the amount that they received was 30,071 <laughs> maybe <laughs> like maybe an extra 300 could have gotten them some better sound effects for this part a second cd so we don't have to use the same screen <laughs> over and over <laughs> Everything is falling apart in this scene when we're supposed to be having the emotional yeah. climax of the movie, and I just, I had tears on my <laughs> face from laughing between the kid flinging and <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Uh, I I know I I can hear it in my brain now. Now, now that yeah. you bring it up, hmm, uh. but. Finally, in the darkness, we see the closure of confronting uh, Oscar's head coming off, which is what? like okay, the final good effect shot. Uh, well, until until I they thought. drop the body. Yes. Um. Yeah. That this is this is also kind of weird because he 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 walks out and he starts reciting the things that he said before the crash. Um, and then there's like some lights and car crash sound effects, uh, and his head slices like diagonally. Yeah. Is that what happened it, in the actual car crash? And if so, how, what did they hit? Exactly. This but is the first time it, it, just... impl it even implies that anything but like blunt force trauma happened. Yeah. It's just one of those things that, because it happens so suddenly, that actually is a really good jarring effect, and I liked the way... Like, 
like that's a good landing for that whole thing that you've never shown before now i okay. that's the last good effect to me and then they drop the body on the floor and it's just this rubber and it flops oh yeah that would bounces <laughs> which is unfortunate mm-hmm. okay again i am not begrudging them for having a rubber fake dead body but you got yeah. you gotta show a little bit of restraint if if it if it's floppy, you can't you or can't just show that part. You take people have bones, you know. <laughs> you do another try, and you just let it fall part way, so it's not going to have as much impact. Crazy. It it's it, crazy. This whole thing is trying to land the plane. And every time they're just yanking the wheel to the left, and it's like, "Oops, took off a wing." Oops, <laughs> we got some wheels. We got some wheels, uh, and that's how we're bringing this. I'm home. gonna kick the football. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is not the reaction we should be having no. to the end of this movie, but this is this it's is just, what it feels like. I just I, if none of these people connect with yeah, you, yeah, I don't care about any of them. Uh, yeah. She so after all all of this, she just sort of falls onto her knees, sobbing for like a second, and then she mm -hmm. stands up. And I guess she's strong now. I, I guess I guess now now she's she has confronted the thing that she is deliberately avoiding thinking about, and now she has power. Some maybe something like that. That maybe that's the intent. But she then she yells she, at the Babadook until until it goes away. Yeah, it just it just goes to the basement. She just yells and that's yeah. it. And he, and he leaves. And so we we hold on them locking the door to the basement oh, for a second. Oh, I'm I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He doesn't leave. He collapses into a pile of clothes, and then she goes over and touches it, and then it leaves. Mm, mm. Very important. But at this point, it lingered long enough that I just have notes here. Was she really stabbed? How long was any of this? Did she not go to work for a week? And then the the ending is this very upbeat commercial. Like, everything's filmed in direct sunlight now. It's and everyone's smiling. I was. It, it's def. It's notably filmed differently. I could. I was trying to identify it, it, exactly what it was because it's not. It, it's not like it was. Well, the, the interiors were desaturated, but like the outdoor shots and stuff, they. It wasn't like uh, suddenly the movie has colors. I think it was just like they deliberately overexposed it up to this point just a little bit, and now they're not doing it's that anymore. That it, or we switched cameras. I don't know if this was digital. could be could be both. It it looks it looks noticeably different. It's striking, and everybody's and, smiling. Yeah, and the people from the board of you know, <sighs> the board of education, civil I services, whatever, come back. I hate this so and, much. <laughs> well, you know things were just so rough but we've gotten through it and my legs healed so they confirm he stabbed yes, her he he really stabbed her 
We see the dog's body in the ground a bit later. Yeah. Uh, so They explicitly show you the most fucked up shit happened. And th- the part that I hate specifically about uh, the this this bit with the social workers is Sam is wearing like a sweater on top of a button up shirt, which is buttoned all the way up. And mm-hmm. there's just like no acknowledgement of this weird, suspicious thing. Like they, it is later established that they did this because he still got the bruises from when she tried to choke him to death. Mm-hmm. But she, but she's better now, so it's okay. And she, she's like, I could understand. I, I feel like this is. I'm better now. I'm putting you up for adoption. I'm so sorry. I, I am yeah. clearly incapable like i could maybe get behind that but that is not what's happening she's keeping him he he's is happy now i guess uh he's going to school again and the final thing he says in front of these two inspectors is that you know oh yeah we're about to we're about to have a party oh yeah birthday's lovely I never got one before because my dad died on the same day. And but my cousin's not coming because I broke her nose in two places. Yes. Thank you. That. Uh, yeah. And they both give a yeah, look yeah, again. It's just, it's just but, the we should do something. Bye. Look. But they, there is nothing. To, there are so many red flags this woman has shown in front of these two on multiple occasions. And she still just walks away with her kid and they're going to have a party in the yard. Yeah. I hate it. I, I, this, this part in particular, like I, I, I'm cooler on the movie okay. now than I was b- before. Like the first time I watched it, I was just appalled. Like I'm cooler on most of it, but this in particular, like it's, yeah. it's, what is, what, what is the message here? What is, the Before goal here you... what how do we how do we uh how do we reconcile this with the people who are talking about the movie saying it's a triumph of mother of motherhood all right before you go into this i'm just going to give the people some context we've known each other for years mm-hmm. and when you watched this movie the first time or very close to it i had no interest in it and you I let you opine at length about it, and I did not remember why you disliked it, but the instant we got to this scene, I remembered your very specific complaint, and I actually just let out the longest, as everything came (laughs) flooding back, and I realized you cited someone's terrible take on this as well as how this did not click hit it hit the gas oh i I was done um oh okay uh, it's the part where they've decided that they're having this nice party in the yard oh right right this uh, this other this other part of the movie sorry i thought you meant this part yeah just just go 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 for it go see if you can describe it 
I can, because <sighs> Amelia is digging around in the garden, and Sam is doing magic tricks. He's got a whole cape and outfit, and it's like, yeah, that's good. It's good that you do magic. You're totally going to be well-adjusted. Magicians get all the ladies. It's, be it's better she than anything else he's been doing. Well, he's also got the crossbow again, which, reminder, he shot her in the shoulder with. <laughs> and she's like, yep, you did it. You're a bright boy. Sam. Now, now you can aim she, it. Great. Yeah. She pulls out some worms from underneath the earth. And they're like, oh, we should get this in the bowl. And they load a full-ass, we're-going-out-fishing bait bowl full of worms. And she takes it inside and goes down into the basement. And she sets it on the floor. And this fucking thing nearly knocks her over. But she's just like, hey, buddy. Hey, yeah, we're going to get through this. We got this. We got this. And it makes the doom noise again, but it <laughs> takes the worms with it, and they just go back outside, and everything's sunny, and that's yep, it. Every, everything's fine now. We've got this monster under control. But one, no. No, you don't. Yeah. Uh, so, it, like, the, that shirt, sure, sure I, I would say that is textual within the movie. But mm -hmm. the... The thing, like, I was watching that, I'm like, the wire, okay, the Babadook's not real, that was, that was the, that was what I got out of the movie. You could make, you could mm -hmm. make an argument that it is real, but I was just like, okay, this is just a straight up metaphor, so that doesn't make any sense, and so I'm like, what the fuck, I, I, I was looking I, I I went and looked online. I was like, to Babadook worms. And like the first result was, oh, the worms are pills. Yeah. And then yeah. it just all came crashing down into my brain. And I, when I saw it. the worms, I remembered <laughs> you telling me about this. Yes. I, I, I was basically I, live vlogging the movie. <laughs> I got so mad because. The metaphor already didn't work, but now I'm actually offended as someone who has brain problems and has been dealing with a lot of her own shit. And let me tell you, I can be a bitch. I have had anger issues. I have had anger issues with family. None of us have ever stabbed each other or murdered fucking animals or decided that, hey, you know what? This whole thing is just, everything's great. Let's just throw some pills at this thing that caused me to nearly fucking murder people <laughs> and smash through my life like a terror. I've had bad times. I have not had Babadook bad times. Yes. I mean, it it is a movie, so things are going to be a bit outsized, but when the, mo the movie is, it, it is not as authoritative in tone on the subject as I had I had gotten on my initial viewing I think I think I may have over overstated it a little bit as like this is the final word on mental illness mm -hmm. so uh, I'll I'll cop to that I was maybe stretching a bit but this is still this is this is 
bad. This is just a miserable, weird thing that just really undermines, like, what little I actually liked about the movie. Let's say, I'll, I'll be generous, 70% of this, if you change around a little bit, or maybe do another take on a couple of things, I could really be into this. Not best film ever, but I could really be into this, and I think it would still probably drop the ball with this ending, but there's the skeleton of something that I can dig here. Not best film of the or best horror film of the 21st century so far. <sighs> Sorry, I, I I pulled up the uh the article from Parade about the Babadook is the greatest horror film so far this century. Uh, by Samuel <sighs> Samuel L. Mer, er, sorry Samuel R. Murian. Uh, let's see. The Babadook was, wasn't eligible for Oscar consideration for complicated release reasons, and many rightfully said Davis was snubbed for a Best Actress nod. For a turn so intricate and mighty, it would be oversimplifying it to say she's playing both Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall in The Shining. What? It's it's reviews like this that I was seeing, and it's just it feel it felt like I was getting gaslit. Yeah, I remember a lot of the hype around yeah. this, and I didn't have it. It just struck me as something where, until you saw it, I just wrote it off as ah, someone's finally adapting you know the creepypasta <laughs> style thing because the trailer was just like reading the poem off and luring yeah. you in with that but you got so <laughs> mad at it and that's all i remembered i didn't remember the details until that very final scene Ugh. but oh uh, and there's there's one more little thing just like a little uh, stinger which amc plus really did its absolute best to not let me watch uh because <laughs> it would just it so they meet back up outside and samuel is just like i want to show you a magic trick and then amc plus decides okay next movie time and i literally <laughs> could not get it to not do that i like it was uh there there's a, a button that said watch credits and i hit that like 10 times nothing I had to go watch the ending of this movie on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> so she she checks his neck bruise. It's better now. Cool. It's it's healing. Uh, and so he has a trick. He makes a coin appear in his hand, and then I I don't I don't the metaphor just completely lost me here. Um, he tosses it into like a platter and covers it. And he uncovers it, and there's just a live bird in there. <laughs> right, I forgot. They don't own a bird, so uh, this is this is not like their bird. What? Yeah. Uh, where? How? Like, so, so magical realism is still happening, and I don't get it. Like that, that just completely lost me. Hey, I can give you even more cursed tape. Sure, go for it. 
much like the spinning top at the end of Inception, the bird is your clue that something is still not right, and maybe there is no reliable narrator by this point in time. Well, of course there isn't. She just she just had <laughs> worms to the Babadook. What are, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> oh yeah, and oh, the whole okay. Babadook is queer icon thing is just so stupid. I I yeah. Like one utterly like it didn't come up because it is utterly unsupported by the text of the movie. Like it doesn't even mm. It does not. This is a completely straight movie. There's just nothing there, which is you know, it's fine, but there is there is there is no L G B or T or anything in this movie. Uh, The reason that this happened was because of a funny, like weird Netflix glitch where it just popped up the Babadook in a list of L G B T films, and people thought that was funny. And then they immediately took it way too far. And th- yep. that's that's the end of it, really. Now, I will say, I because I did look around and, you know, look up some of these reviews, look up some of these think pieces from the time at the end, you, you hit a lot of the big ones, but I do have to give Jennifer Kent credit. Okay. She has said on multiple occasions... I'm not doing another Babadook. I'm not doing a sequel to this. There's, I don't want to do anything more with this. That's not what this is about. And you know what? Good on her, because she seems to be sticking to her guns on that as recently as this last year, <laughs> despite having a pretty you know, fraught career in terms of occasionally being screwed by studios or executives or everyone who would gladly give her $50,000 a day to make Babadook 2 if she asked. Most yeah, probably. Like, yeah, I, I I hold no particular malice towards Jennifer Kent. Uh, like, I, I, there are definitely some interesting ideas in here that could be done really well. Uh, this was, I, be, I think this was her first feature film. So, you know, m- mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I get so mad about it is just because people took it so far into this is an instant classic, which it is not. I don't think. I I think it sucks. I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, unless you have anything else, I think we have uh, beaten that drum to death. Uh... We've we've knocked three times and ba 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 duk duk duked this movie. What do we, what do you got for us? I have some terrible news for you, oh, David, no. because I'm going to do what you just did, and we're gonna revisit something that uh, I was incredibly salty about when it came out. Sure. And you know maybe I'm gonna see if I was a lot more harsh on it than I should have been for a lot of reasons, except in my case, it's not going to be something that was critically acclaimed. Um, in my case, I'm going to break one of the seven seals of the podcast, and we're going to do a Hellraiser movie. Okay, okay. I am up for... Oh, I, I hate that I'm about to say this. I am up for any Hellraiser movie. I think I know which one you're going for. It's Hellraiser Judgment from 2018. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. I try because I think so I, I think you knew which one was going to make me angriest <laughs> and which one I had ranted about. Sure, sure. There, there are several uh, several disasters in the series you could have chosen, but there is there is only one apocalyptic disaster. There is only one Hellraiser movie that it is very challenging to find an ironic glib humor in. Okay. And that's Hellraiser Judgment. To my memory. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I tried to watch it uh, when it came out, and I made it about one minute, so... Cool. Well, that's well, fine. We'll, we can do this. <laughs> Next time, we're going to watch the Hellraiser movie that is so bad it got them to just straight up salt the earth on the franchise, give the rights back to Clive Barker shortly for a reboot, and... Yeah, the production company behind this is the one that's currently behind a lot of we're getting our final five minutes out of this license no matter what we burn down this do this is the wheel of time pilot episode of hellraiser more than you know because it i think they filmed in some of that same manner yes. <laughs> uh if, if you are not aware of the wheel of time pilot episode it was a 30 minute thing which uh covers the prologue of the the eye of the world the book and it is one one guy wandering around an empty castle talking to himself and then billy zane shows up and they they did not say they were making it they did they mm -hmm. did not announce that they were running it it just appeared one day at like 3 a.m on i think tnt no, no, it's even better, because I know this offhand. The production company was going to lose the rights and decided that they were going to make a Hail Mary pass <laughs> to keep them from Jordan's Widow by putting this in a slot that was bought for infomercials at 3 a.m. on FXX. Ooh, that's even better. <laughs> yes. And... The next day, we all woke up and were like, Hey, you know how Adult Swim will occasionally run some really avant-garde shit in that <laughs> slot in place of ads? Um, that happened again, but it didn't quite happen how you think. And everyone was just sort of like... What? <laughs> Wait. What? Wait, what? <laughs> they did a what You're now? sure. The Wheel of Time, really? <laughs> Nobody... Like, I... Yeah. I don't think anybody knew about it until the day like maybe no. the night of somebody some it, it got on the internet somehow uh it sucked but the it it's on at least the at least the real show seems to be all right people actually like it it's it's sick. I, I i i saw the first episode i don't think it's for me as much as i love the wheel of time but it's it's a lot a lot better than that pilot was Anyway, oh yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way so that we can uh, fill our entire episode next time with Hellraiser Judgment. Uh, looks like it's on the free with ads oh. places. So, yep. if if you want to rent it, it's on a few things. Cool, and uh, I 
I'm pretty sure I know what my next movie pick is going to be. And it is, I think we're going to have fun with that one. But we got to get through. We got to experience our judgment first. All right. Next, next time we're going to get audited. <laughs> See you then. No, that's you'll know. Uh, cool. <laughs> you'll know. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>